Empowerment Inc. Radio. And our program today is Kidding Kids, Kidding Kids, Spirit, Soul, and Body Series. 
And we have a brand new topic today. It is, let him be accursed. Hallelujah. We thank God for what he's doing. We bless the Lord today. And I hope you went through the last message. It's about uh, being good. So, we will see what the Lord will teach us today. And we are here. So, please, let's get something now. So, we just need to bless you today. Spirit of living God, we thank you for who you are. And we are here. We are hungry for you. We thank you for your word. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I have some text for you on the uh, on the website. That is just the one I could lay hands on. I have more of that. Okay. So if you need more, let us know. And uh, yeah, let's go. Now I have the topic. Let him be a cost. So I I just kind of lift that up. It's a phrase that is in uh, the Galatians chapter 1 from verse 8 to 9. It's in verse 8 and also in verse 9. So it's like as if you don't know. Let me repeat it again. So he put it there. Okay. So he he said it in verse 8 and he repeated it in verse 9. Okay. So... Um, very important for us to ponder about, to meditate about, to think about, okay? So very, very important for us, especially we who are preachers of the world, who are ministers of the world, and who are teachers of the world. As long as we are a child of God, we all ought to be ministers of God. You know, the word minister uh, is not to lord over anyone. It's not to be a minister, to be a servant. Uh, people who serve. And then when you then serve, uh, in, 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 uh, the people you serve can reward you in whatever they feel they they will be able to to do, but it's not by any means lauding. Uh, you saw how Jesus served, served uh, his disciples, uh, went as far as washing their feet, and uh, many of them were shocked. It's an example to all of us. So we are servants and teachers and trying to uh, help out to be God's representative, serving the people and making sure they are okay. Hallelujah. So um, let's go now to the first uh, test that I've listed on the screen. So let's go ahead and read Galatians chapter 1 from verse 8 to 9. So Let's see if we can read from verse 6. Okay. So, let's read from 
verse 6. And I'm going to read from New King James Version. Okay. He said, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who call you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and went, who trouble you and went to prevent to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preach any other gospel to you, than what you have received, let him be accursed. Verse 10. He said, for do, I, for do I now persuade men or God? It's a question. Or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I will not be in the servant of Christ. So we cannot serve men and at the same time, uh, serve Christ. In other words, we have to make one master. So we are either a master of this. Uh, I mean, we 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 either made Christ our master, or we made man our master. Okay, so we we cannot be both at the same time. So one must be our God. Is Christ our God or is man our God? That's what he's asking. Mm. <clears throat> Very important for us as we go in the days uh, in our life. <clears throat> So we see what we are seeing here that uh, a situation has arrived where people were yeah, perverting the gospel of Christ. And we saw that Paul and Barnabas had just completed their first missionary journey. They had visited some part of those provinces of Galatia which is today is the present day Turkey. And when they returned, they they were kind of accused by the Jewish Christians of diluting Christianity to make it more appealing to the Gentiles. You see? So these Jewish Christians disagree with Paul's statement that Gentiles do not have to follow many of the uh, religious laws that the Jews had obeyed for centuries. And uh, some of uh, Paul's accusers had even followed him to those Galatian cities and had told the Gentiles converts they had to be circumcised and follow all the Jewish laws and customs in order to be saved. 
Now, according to this man, Gentiles had to first become Jews in order to become Christians. They had, they were arguing that they had to follow some rules, some regulations of the Jewish custom before they had to become Christians. So in response to these talking back and forth, argument and all, Paul wrote this letter to the Galatian churches. And he explained that the uh, Old Testament law or the Jewish law will not bring salvation. It doesn't bring salvation. A, a person is saved by grace through faith. So we are not saved by the Old Testament laws or by the Jewish laws. Rather, we are saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. So Paul wrote this letter around A.D. 40. Hallelujah. Now when you uh, uh, so when we look at what we are seeing we, you will see that Paul had been a Christian for about his and he uh, was uh, he was saying that some people were preaching a different gospel they were teaching that for people to be saved Gentile believers had to follow Jewish laws and customs, especially the right of circumcision. That is, you have to be circumcised before you become a Christian. Faith in Christ was not enough. It wasn't enough. So we have to do some other things uh, to make sure we are in right standing. Now the message undermined the truth of the good news that salvation is a gift, not a reward for certain work or deeds or activities you have to perform. Jesus Christ has made this gift available to all of us, every man, every woman, Every race, uh, no matter the regions, where you come from, continent, it doesn't matter. Not just to the Jews alone, to every one of us. So, so be careful of people who will tell you to do more than simple faith in Christ to be saved. You see, when people set up additional requirement for salvation. They deny the power of Christ's death on the cross. So when they start saying that we have to do this, we have to do that in order for us to be saved, they are just adding something to it, which we 
have no idea if that will save people. And there is only one way given to us by God to be forgiven of sin, and that is through believing in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. No other person, no other method, no other ritual can give eternal life. So attempting to be open-minded and tolerant, some people assert that all religious or all religions are equally valid part to God. Now we know that Jesus is the only way, is the only truth, is the only life, and by Him we are able to approach God. John fourteen six. So we have to abide by what we have been told. Now God does not accept man-made religion as a substitute to faith in Jesus Christ. He has provided just one way, and that is Jesus Christ, 14.6. Now those who have confused the Galatian believers and perverted the gospel were zealous. Uh, Jewish Christians who believed that the Old Testament practices such as circumcision and dietary restriction were required of all believers because these teachers wanted to turn the Gentile Gentile Christians into Jews. They were called Judaizers. Okay, so <clears throat> most of the Galatian Christians were Greek who were unfamiliar with Jewish laws and customs. The, the Judaizers were an extreme fashion of Jewish Christians. Both groups believed in Christ, but the lifestyles differed considerably. We do not know why the Judaizers may have traveled no small distance to teach their mistaken notions to the new Gentile convert. They may have been motivated by a sincere wish to integrate Judaizers uh, or uh, Judaizing with the new Christian faith. Uh, Another point that we might see here is that they may have a sincere love for their Jewish heritage or they, they are teaching, threatening these new churches and have to be countered. So when Paul called their teaching a perversion of the gospel, he was not rejecting everything Jewish. He himself was a Jew who worshipped in the temple and attended the religious festivals. But he was concerned that nothing get in the way of the simple truth of the message, that salvation for Jews and Gentiles alike is through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Sometime after the letter to the Galatians, was saying, 
Paul met with the apostles in Jerusalem to discuss this matter further. Hallelujah. Now, a twisting of the truth is more difficult to spot than an outright lie. So the Jews were twisting the truth about Christ. They claimed to follow him, but they denied that Jesus' work on the cross was sufficient for salvation. There will always be people who provide the good news. Either they do not understand what the Bible teaches, or they are uncomfortable with the truth as it stands. How can we care when people are twisting the truth? Before accepting the teachings of any group, find out what the group teaches about Jesus Christ if their teaching does not match the truth in God's words then it is not true. Hallelujah. You see, Paul strongly denounced the Judaizers' perversion of the gospel of Christ. He said that even if an angel from heaven comes preaching another message, that angel should be internally condemned not to be accused some translations <clears throat> they have uh, uh, they, some translations they use uh, eternally condemn some said uh, uh, anathema uh, cost Some said it's a, a ban or a cost, okay? So as communicated or a cost, some said cost, put a cost, okay? And those are the things we need to watch about. Uh, I'm not trying to scare anyone. I just... Uh, I apologize if I'm scaring anyone, but you will see here that uh, you will see here. I'm just pausing here <clears throat> to say one or few things in addition to what I've said before. <clears throat> Excuse me. You see, many of us are seeing that we look at the New Testament. It's like we are seeing a cause where Paul cause or put a cause on a, uh, on on someone. Okay, so there's another place where he was being uh, slapped and uh, he didn't know that was. Uh, uh, the Lord's uh, representative who was talking, and I, I don't want to get into details about that. So he, he said, uh, you whitewash, and so on and so forth. 
Then, and this, this, uh, and also this one we are talking about today. So that one is in the book of Acts. So this one we are talking about it in, today in Galatians, where he say, "Let him be accursed." You see, we can see that we might be putting a curse on ourselves without us even knowing. And we also know that Paul said, let us not be ignorant. So ignorance is not an excuse. Oh, I don't know, you don't know, okay, God will forgive me. No. It's a cause. So how do we avoid cause in our lives? That is not to be a cause. Ways we can live free from being caused, especially people who are in tune with the Word of God. The moment we are in, the, in, in tune with the Word of God, what I mean in tune with the Word of God, you are preaching the Word of God to anyone. And the word of God is not the true gospel. It's not the true word of God. Okay? It's not what? The true word of God. In other words, it is the word of God enduring forever or it's not. Or the word of God, is it a true word of God? Or it is being perverted? Or is being adulterated? Or it has been changed or diluted? You know, Paul said that if I preach the gospel, and and we do not preach it, and it's not the gospel of Christ, let that person be accursed. So our solution to any cause in our life is the gospel, preaching the true gospel. I believe if we take up the 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 the, the, the scripture and begin to preach the true gospel of Christ, any cause will vanish. Taking the word of God as it is and preach it, any cause will be broken. Any chain will be removed. He has done it before. He has broken the chain of Paul in jail. He has broken the chain of Peter in jail, they have broken every chain of people. So this is not a new uh, thing that we will say, oh, he, he cannot do it. He will do it. Any cause, any chain in our life, simply taking the, the, the word of the law that endure forever, we break that chain, we release us from any cause whatsoever. Simply by preaching, by talking about the true gospel of Christ.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Paul strongly denounced the Judaizer perversion of the gospel of Christ. So he said that even an angel from heaven, this is serious, come from preaching another gospel, another message, that angel should be internally condemned. If an angel came preaching another message, he would not be from heaven, no matter how he looked. That is in Second Corinthians chapter 11 to 15. Paul warned that Satan masqueraded as an angel of light. Here he invoked a curse on any angel who spread a false gospel, a fitting response to an emissary of hair. So Paul, in other words, extended the cause to include himself, even himself. So if he should pervert the gospel, his message must never change, for the truth of the gospel never changes. You know, the word of God endured forever. First Peter one twenty five. It will never change. So if, if it is changing, then we are the ones changing it. So his message will not will never change for the truth of the gospel never change. So Paul just used strong language because it was dealing with a life and death issue. Hallelujah. Now I I like to go to uh, I like to go to I like to go to uh, uh, Philippians Philippians chapter. Then we will then follow. Let's go to Philippians chapter 1, okay? Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 1. <clears throat> now, we we are seeing here that there are kinds of preaching also some ministers of God. Now Paul was talking. He was writing to the people of Philippians of of Philippi, the Philippians people. Now he said in verse fourteen, and many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. You see, some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. I'm reading from King James Version. Now verse 16 says, the one who the one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposed to add affliction to my bonds. But the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. You see, 
two kinds of people here. There is one that are preaching the gospel for selfish reasons, for material gain, for what they can get from it. And the other group of people are just like him for this for preaching for the defense of the gospel. They are preaching the word of God that are the true gospel of God. Let's let's read it. let's let's see what other translations say to better get this right. Okay? Philippians one, let's read from fourteen to fifteen. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to read from uh, uh let's see amplify. And because of my imprisonment. Just a moment, yes. Amplify is fourteen. It says, and also most of the brethren, that is from 14 now, and also most of the brethren have derived fresh confidence in the law because of my chains, and are much more bold to speak and publish fearlessly the word of God, adding with more freedom and indifference to the consequences. Some, it is actually or preach Christ the Messiah for no better reason than out of envy and rivalry, party spirit, but all that are doing uh, so out of loyal spirit and goodwill. You see, the latter I proclaim Christ out of love because they recognize and know that I'm providentially that is put here for the defense of the good news of the gospel. Isn't that awesome? But uh, but uh, 17 says, but the former preached Christ out of a party spirit, insincerely, out of no pure motive, but thinking to annoy me, supposing they are making my bondage more bitter, and my chains more galling. Uh, isn't that amazing? Now let's see. Uh, uh, let's see other translation. Uh, New Living Translation. Okay, let's see from fourteen to seventeen. Okay. Okay, it says, and because of my imprisonments, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry. Yeah, out of jealousy and rivalry. But others preach about Christ with pure motives. Two kinds of people. See, 16 says, they preach because they love me, for they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely, 
intending to make my chains more painful to me. But that does not matter whether their motives are false or genuine. Uh, the message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice. Hallelujah. So we see here that uh, we can preach the the the, um, the word of God in a way that we can uh, cause pain to other people. Okay, so I I like to go to uh, let's see, um, Second uh, Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter two. Okay, Second Corinthians chapter two. Uh, see verse seventeen. Okay. Uh, uh, let me read from uh, fifteen. It says, "For we are, for we are unto God a sweet sour, a sweet savour of Christ in them that are saved, and in them that perish. To the one, we are the savour of death unto death. Savour means." like a, a fragrance some translations say fragrance okay it's like a perfume or odor okay uh how they would perceive you or they will receive you okay it's about how they receive you the spirit you are carrying <coughs> and to the other the server of life unto life and who is sufficient for these things? It's a question. Now verse seventeen says, For we for we are not as many which corrupt the word of God. In other words, there are people who corrupt the word of God. Now the the word corrupt here in Greek means to adulterate, simply to adulterate. You know, to adulterate, you you change it a little bit. It's no longer pure. It, it has been. It, it is now impure. It's, it's been altered. It simply means here yeah, to to retail. You know, to retail, to retail, to retail something. You you take it out a little bit. Take it out. You you sell it. You take it out, you resell it. He said to retail. Uh, you know, to retail in business is to get something, uh, a wholesale from a manufacturer or a distrib- distributor, uh, distri- distributor. Then you retail it. You sell it in big to consumers. You see? So, we are seeing here that two group of people, one would corrupt the word of God, but at but as of sincerity, but as of God in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. Okay, so let's see how we can. Uh, 
see that in other translation as well. Okay, Second Corinthians chapter two. Okay, uh, um, Hallelujah. <clears throat> Okay, so I'm going to read from uh, 15. Okay, let's see what we can get from here. <clears throat> he said, for we are what? The fragrance of Christ, which exhale unto God, discernible alike among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the latter, it is an aroma wafted from death to death, a fatal odor, the smell of doom. To the former, it is an aroma from life to life, a vital fragrance, living and fresh, and who is qualified, fit, sufficient for these things? Who is able for such a ministry? Will? It's a question. Down verse 17. For we are not like so many, like hostas, making a trade of peddling the God's word, shortchanging and adulterating the divine messages. But like men of sincerity and the purest motive, as commissioned and sent by God, we speak. His message in Christ, the Messiah, in the very sight and presence of God. That is amplified. Now let's go to uh, this new living. Okay. Let's read from verse 15. Now, uh, he's just simply said, ministers of the new covenant. Ministers of the new covenant. Very powerful. And he started from verse 14. He said, but thank God he has made us his captives. Yes, he captured you, captured me, and continue to lead us along in Christ's triumphant possession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Isn't that powerful translation? Everywhere as a perfume. Sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God, but this fragrance is perceived differently by what those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. Two categories of people we perceive us: those who are being saved and those who are unbelievers. Unbelievers, if they are not called by the Father, they will definitely be in antagonizing to you. They will they will say no, I don't want you. They 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 reject us. They don't they don't accept the word of God. So the perfume causes problem. Okay, so where are we now? He said to verse 16, 
to those who are perishing where are a dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume, and who is adequate for such a task as this? Who? It's a question. You see, we are not like many hostas who preach for personal profit. We preach the word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. Hallelujah. You can read another translation as well and see what the Lord will show to you. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? So we see here that we have to preach the word of God that endure forever with sincerity, with truth. It's the gospel that has to be preached to the whole world. It has to be preached to the whole world. Now look at what Christ himself said. Look at what Christ himself said in uh, Luke chapter 4. <clears throat> in the book of Luke chapter 4, okay, verse 18. Now, he was announcing his mission, his vision, his purpose. Now, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the gospel to the poor, to heal, to deliver, to set us free, to bring us freedom, liberty. In its presence, we are having liberty today. We are free today. We are delivered from every bondage. He sent his word. We are healed today. By stripes, we are healed. By his bruise, by his wounds, we are delivered. We are set free from every change, from every bondage that the enemy may have put a hold on our life. We are healed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We are blessed by all that he did on the cross for you and me. Today he sits at the right hand of God as an intercessor, interceding for you and for me. He's the greatest atoning for you and me. He said, yeah, my son, my daughter, is blameless. He's blameless before the Father. And we have no, no no problem with the Father. We are in right standing with him just because of what Jesus has done for us. Hallelujah. We give God the glory in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. 
Now look at 14. Mark, Mark, the book of Mark, chapter 14, verse 9. He said, Verily I say unto you, whatsoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that he had done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. Isn't that it? Also, now Jesus was also talking in uh, answering in the book of Luke, chapter 7, verse 22. Then Jesus answering and said unto them, Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to the poor. The gospel is preached. Hallelujah. And as they departed, and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Healing everywhere. Hallelujah. Now, my time is running out, but I have so many scriptures to, to say. Now, in, in the book of Matthew, chapter 15, uh, chapter 11, verse, 15, verse 5, now I am I'm, I'm seeing that when Christ was now on the field, this is what he did. You see, he, he said the blind received their sight, and the uh, and and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. This was when when uh, <clears throat> when uh, that is when the uh, the, the uh, John sent uh, sent that's <clears throat> I just want to point out some uh, some parts here. Very important, okay? Um, Matthew chapter 11, okay? Matthew chapter 11. Verse 5. Okay? Um, verse 4 actually um, or, or verse 1 okay he said now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples that he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities and when John had heard in prison about the work of Christ he sent two of his disciples and said to him are you the coming one or or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see, the blind see, and the lame walk, and lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he 
who is not who is not offended because of him. So instead of just affirming himself and say, Oh yeah, I'm the one uh that you proclaim about that was going to come, you know, um Jesus Christ. But what he he just started to minister. Minister the the, the word of God. Preach the gospel of Christ. And and he told his two disciples, now you go and report to them. I mean report to John, your master, what you have seen. You see, you've seen the blind see, you've seen the lame walk, you've seen the lepers are cleansed, you've seen the dead are hearing, you see the dead are raised up, and the poor is giving the gospel preached to them. The word of God. See, telling him, you go and search the scripture. He was the one who pointed the people to, uh, uh, pointed uh, his people to Christ. He was the one who said, you cannot even, uh, the sandals, I cannot even untie it. He is, is greater than I. He must, he must, uh, I must, uh, he must arise, I must come down, and so on, or so forth. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was the one who said all those things. And uh, he knows the word of God. In fact, in Isaiah 35, from verse 4 to 6, he said many things. He prophesied, uh, he saw the prophecy re- regarding uh, uh, Christ that was to come. And now he came. He found himself in jail, hoping that Christ was going to bring his kingdom, establish his kingdom immediately, and probably set him free. Now he was not seeing this occurring, so he was kind of discouraged. It's kind of beginning to doubt the very prophecy that he himself gave. Meaning we can be discouraged at any time. Meaning we can be in doubt at any time. So we need to watch out for those kind of things that might come. And when it does come, what we need is just the Word of God. Go straight to the Word of God and read the Word of God. And what happens when they told uh, Jesus Christ that he has he has been killed. Jesus, Jesus Christ just moved to another region and began to preach the gospel. Just preach the gospel. You see? So verse 14. Verse 14 of that Matthew chapter, of, of, of the book of Matthew. At that time, Herod the Tetra heard the report that Jesus has said to his disciples, this is John the Baptist, is risen from the dead. And therefore, the powers are at work in him. For Herod had laid hold of John and beheld him and put him in prison for the sake of the Herodians, his brother Philip's wife, because John had said that to him, it's not lawful for you to have her. And although he wanted to put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. 
So they kill him. See? So they beheaded him. See? So it's so important. So his unbelief, his doubt was just a path for the enemy to walk on. And the king was sorry. Okay? So he was sorry. But he was already gone. So back to where we are. So we see here that uh, what did Paul say about the gospel anyway? What did Paul say? So Paul himself said in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Just have about six minutes left. He said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believed, to the Jew first and also of the Greek. It's the power of God unto salvation. So the gospel, when we release the gospel, the, there is power that goes. The power of God goes when we release the true gospel of Christ. Now, we've, we've talked about perverting the gospel, adulterating the gospel. Some of them are uh, retelling it uh, for selfish reasons, for their personal gain. We've talked about that, and I hope we understand what we are, what we talk about. So I hope this does not offend anyone, but this is the word of God. I'm not making this up for myself. It's what we are reading. I have not added anything out of it. I mean to it. Straight from the word of God. Okay? I read it from different translations. So you saw it, you heard it. See? So one of the things that we should not do is not to pervert the gospel and to dilute the gospel for certain people for then to gain your acceptance, no. Or maybe for your church to be to be large. So you kind of avoid some areas. Oh, let's make this. Let us not say this. Let us remove that. Then it's not the gospel of Christ. It's your gospel now. So you are now preaching a different gospel. And if we are now preaching a different gospel, even an angel, even Paul himself, said he is cursed. So you can imagine the consequences. Okay? So please, very important. Okay? He said, For I am not ashamed. That is Romans chapter 1, verse 16. He said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that delivers to the Jews first and also to the to the Greeks. That is to everyone. It's a power. Power is unleashed when we preach the true gospel of Christ. Power is released. There's power in the true word of God. The enduring word of God. The essence of the cross. The word of God that break every yoke. The word of God that set the cut is free. The word of God 
that saves us. The word of God that releases blessing. The word of God that releases protection. The word of God that brings a protection around us. The word of God that makes us. It's our maker. It's our deliverer. The word of God is our friend. He is a friend. He loves us. He gave us things. He is not a mean God that he doesn't want us to have things. But he wants us to have things. He wants us to be blessed. 